We are reading today from the book of Matthew. We are reading chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. Today I am reading from the Common English Bible Translation, but I invite you, as always, to hear this in the biblical language that connects you with God the best. So let us hear from our gospel, and let us hear about the baptism of Christ. We begin with the ministry of John the Baptist. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the desert of Judea, announcing, Change your hearts and your lives. Here comes the kingdom of heaven. He was the one of whom Isaiah the prophet spoke when it was written, The voice of one shouting in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord. Make God's paths straight. Now John wore clothes made of camel's hair with a leather belt tied around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey. People from Jerusalem throughout Judea and all around the Jordan River came to him. As they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. Many Pharisees and Sadducees came to be baptized by John, and he said to them, You children of snakes, who warned you to escape from the angry judgment that is coming soon? Produce fruit that shows you have changed your hearts and lives, and don't even think about saying to yourselves, Well, Abraham is our father, for I tell you, that God is able to raise up Abraham's children from these very stones. I baptize with water those of you who have changed your hearts and your lives. The one who is coming after me is stronger than I am. I'm not worthy to even carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. The shovel he uses to sift the wheat from the husks is in his hands. He will clean out the threshing area and bring the wheat into his barn, but he will burn the husks with a fire that can't be put out. At that same time, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan River so that John would baptize him. John tried to stop him and said, I need to be baptized by you, yet you come to me? And Jesus answered, Allow me to be baptized now. This is necessary to fulfill all righteousness. And so John agreed to baptize Jesus. And when Jesus was baptized, he immediately came up out of the water. Heaven was open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God coming down like a dove and resting upon him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son, whom I dearly love. I find such happiness in him. This is the word of God for all who would hear it. Thanks be to God. This gospel reading goes from wow, to what, to ah, all in the span of a few sentences. 
And it tells a story about expectation, about gifts, and how sometimes the expectation does not meet reality. I'm sure that we all can relate to that in some way, shape, or form. So let's take a look at the scripture itself first. Now let's remember that we have a people who are filled with expectation. They have been waiting for a Messiah. They are waiting for someone to save them from their current situation. A situation of oppression, a situation of being ruled over by a foreign power, and for many, not having control of their own lives, of their own destinies. And so they've been waiting for a savior that will restore their kingdom and place as God's chosen people, as God's beloveds. And so when John comes into the picture, he is everything that they have expected that they need to look for. He's loud. He's brash. He is in your face. When John comes into the picture, there is great expectation and high hopes for what's going to happen next. Because they've heard about this wild man in the wilderness who preaches fire and condemnation to the world as it is. And this certainly would sound like the words of a savior or a messiah, am I right? If you're expecting to be resurrected, if you're expecting to be liberated from a military power, you expect a messiah who speaks words like John the Baptist. And John is baptizing people. He's baptizing people. This is not the kind of revolution that the people would expect. He offers not swords, but baptism. He offers a gift of baptism not revolution. And he's calling out for humanity to experience repentance, which in the original Greek and Hebrew is a radical change of mind, a radical change of heart, choosing a new path to turn away from what is not life-giving and to embrace a new way of living. This is not the gift of the Messiah that people were hoping for. And yet they still were lining up to be baptized by this man in the wilderness. The expectation does not meet the reality. And while John is indeed leading the people toward a brand new way of living, He's not leading the revolution of revolt the way the people are hoping for. And yet, that leads some to reject his gift because it's not what they expect. It doesn't compute. They can't wrap their brains around it. Others hear his words and they're compelled. They're compelled to, let's give it a go. 
They look to try something new and unexpected, and so they're baptized. And they receive the gift that John offers them, one of being connected to one another in a new and exciting way, of being a community together, and of witnessing what is possible when they are renewed in the Spirit. But again, they're seeing him as the Messiah. But once again, the reality is not going to meet the expectation. Even the revelation of Jesus as the Son of God, the revelation of Jesus' true identity, then does not meet the expectation of what a Messiah should be. This Savior was greeted not with incredible power suddenly surging through his veins, ready to take on the empire. He was quietly recognized by a dove, by a gentle approval by our heavenly creator, who announces Christ as a child, not a warrior, who announces Christ as beloved and the one with whom God is well pleased. This is a Messiah who will continue in the same way he has been affirmed, with a gentle, well, let's be honest here, sometimes gentle message of love, of inclusion, with a message and a ministry that offers a different kind of path towards salvation, one that is not made in a military victory or insurgence or a power play, but one of love and acceptance and grace. There's not a sword in sight. And the people, again, initially reject this gift of a new way of being. However, there are some, as we know, at least 12, who agreed to carry on and accept Jesus' message of a love so powerful that in resurrection, not even death can destroy it. And in truth, that is revolutionary. And that message still is. Because here we are over 2,000 years later, and we're still talking about it. We're still participating in this incredible ritual of recognizing the grace that is already at work. And we're here today to do the same. Sue, did you know you are participating in a revolutionary act of love? And that we are reaffirming our call to be revolutionaries as well. Many of us here today have received this gift of baptism in some way, shape, or form, whether it's here in this church or some other community of faith. Some of us may even say we've received a baptism by fire in some parts of our lives. Amen? We've all received the gift in some way. And maybe the decision was made for you, or maybe you choose your own baptism as a youth or as an adult. And there are some who have not yet been baptized by water, but they have felt the pull of the Holy Spirit. 
Some of them are here, some of them are watching. But you have felt that pull. And you have been welcomed into this community of faith. And you are members of our family as well. And some may be feeling the call to be baptized into this community or profess their desire to be a part of this worshiping community. And we can make that happen, don't worry. Because that too is a revolutionary act of love. As United Methodists, we believe too that baptism is a gift. It is not a cleansing of sin. It is a gift of being welcomed into a community that will continually support you, that will walk with you as your faith journey unfolds, that will encourage you when you are challenged and help you find answers to your questions when you have doubts. But most importantly, and that is what we are here today to do, it affirms what God already knows. It affirms what God has always known about you, but that you may have had a very hard time accepting for yourself. And that is that you are beloved. With all of our brokenness, with all of our questions and our doubts, our whole self is beloved. That you are a child of God who is loved and beloved and that God's grace has already been at work within you and that your baptism gives you now a people to whom you can always call yours. A people you can return to anytime you need them even if you've been away for some time This is your home, and these are your people. And I think that that is such an amazing gift, the gift of love and acceptance. Who is not searching for that in the world today, amen? A world that cannot and will not give it to you. For the world revolves around telling you that you are not enough, but here in this place, in God's holy presence, you have always been enough. You have always been loved, and you have always been God's. Isn't that amazing? Family and unconditional love and support. And I think that that is the most important part of our sacrament of baptism, that gift, that reality that though we don't always agree, we don't always follow the same path, or even have a path, sometimes we have a solid faith and sometimes we don't, we're still connected, we're still loved. There is nothing that we can do about that. We are still one people, united in the Spirit, still one family in Christ, called to live into the reality of who we were born to be, God's children. You are all beloved, 
You are beloved. And you, and you, and you, and you. You are all beloved children of God. So rejoice and remember or consider the possibility of how you can be connected in a deeper way to one another and to God through the gift of water and of the Spirit. May it be so for each and every one of us. Amen.